Amen. Well, we are, uh, we are in our third to last sermon already in the book of Galatians. Um, I know that we've skipped chunks and we've just tried to give an overview. I hope that this has been helpful for you all. This has quickly become a favorite book of mine in, in the New Testament as we just look at what God has to say through, through Paul. To me, there's, there's been a lot of gifts in this. I loved what Kat shared last week. We're going to start in chapter 5, verse 1. Today, this week, and next, we'll do chapter 5. And then Kat will be leading us in in chapter 6 on Palm Sunday. Uh, But I want to start right in verse 1. Here Paul writes, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. So right off the bat in this chapter, and again, remember this is a letter. It's not necessarily different chapters for the first readers or the first hearers. But right off the bat, what we know of as chapter 5, verse 1, Paul says, this freedom that you know, you are free not because you just found yourself there. You're free not because... Your political system grants you freedom. You're free not even because you have some privilege. If you know freedom, this freedom that you know is because Christ has set you free. And I think from the beginning, this is important for us to know. A lot of our wrestling and advocating right now is for freedom, right? Is for dignity of seeing one another. This is the weekend of of Breonna Taylor's death last year. And, and a lot of this last year has been recognizing inequity and and pain that has been here much longer than a year. But saying enough is enough. Like if if my life matters, then Breonna Taylor's life needs to matter. If I have freedom, then others need freedom. All of this kind of thing where we're fighting for equity. We're fighting for people to be seen, cared for, dignity. All of these things. And sadly, these are things that were fairly present in the time of Galatia too. In the time of this letter, some similar things were happening. Not race, but ethnically. There were people of privilege and there were people who were oppressed. But reality is, is a system that privileges some and oppresses others actually enslaves everybody. We're enslaved to privilege or we're enslaved to oppression. But no matter what, we're all enslaved to the system. And that is what Christ has freed us from. And so we see right from the beginning, for freedom, Christ has set you free. And your freedom, my freedom, has come at a cost. Galatians 1.4 says that the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for our sin to set us free from this evil age. In 2.20, we see Paul say that it is no longer I live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In 3.10, 
We see, for all who rely on the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the things written in the book of the law. And goes on and talks about this work that Christ has done becoming a curse for us. In 3.13, we see Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And Christ goes through all of that for you and I to know freedom. And in light of that, Paul says, so stand firm in that freedom. And don't go back to this yoke of slavery. And really, who would go back to slavery is something that we would, we would think of. Who, who, would, who would willingly go back? But here's what he's saying to, to the Celts in Galatia. Remember, they're the ethnic group, the Celts, the Celtics. He's saying you once knew oppression, political oppression. And that was a yoke of slavery put upon you. And then Christ has set you free. And now these rivals of mine are coming and teaching that you can be religiously privileged. But don't go back into this slavery. That privilege is just as much slavery as the oppression was. Freedom is freedom. And what we see here is that sometimes our Jesus plus teaching is actually a bit of a safety net. You know, safety nets, like when somebody's walking a tightrope and you hope there's a net underneath in case they fall, that they're safe. Well, sometimes we use Jesus plus something to keep us Mm -hmm. safe. And this yoke in Galatians 5.1 is a yoke of the in-group, a way to feel like you belong, a way to be on the insiders and ultimately... It is a way back into slavery. Paul talks about it more. He says, listen, I, Paul, am telling you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Now, remember that circumcision here represents what it costs to fit in, to be on the right side, to lose the distinction and become uh, religiously privileged. And what what Paul's saying is if you do that now, Mm Now that you know freedom, if you go and and do the things that it takes to be on the in crowd, then Christ and his freedom is really no benefit to you. Mm -hmm. All this work that Christ did on your behalf doesn't matter anymore because you chose to trade it out. You traded it for being seen in a privileged way by other people. You see, all that Jesus went through won't matter because you stepped towards the in crowd. This freedom, it didn't arrive in the mail. Hmm. This freedom didn't arrive when people said you could sit at the cool table at lunch. This freedom came through Christ. And Christ set you free so you could be free. Not so that we could be cool. Hmm. Or we could be acceptable. Or we could be morally clean, or we could be uh, more more likable, or a different a, a different person than we used to be, just for the sake of fitting in. We're set free for freedom, mm-hmm. and now we stay in Christ. And then Paul goes on and 
in verse 3, he says, Once again I testify to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obliged to obey the entire law. Mm -hmm. Now get this. The rivals come in and they say, Hey, there's a couple laws that you need to follow. You know Christ, that's great. You also need to eat. Eat like the Jewish people eat. You need to be circumcised. You need to observe the Sabbath. Like, do the things that make you culturally a Jew, and then you're on the in crowd. Jesus, his grace covers the rest of the law. Don't worry about that. But you need to be able to be culturally distinct so we can tell if you're with us or not. Mm-hmm. And what Paul is saying here is if you want the law, you get the whole law. Mm-hmm. You, you get the God-ordained and the man-explained law. You know how there's a difference there. You get the law that, that God made, and you get the law that, that people have just made more difficult on one another. You get all of that. Mm-hmm. If you want the law, then you get the, the burden and the weight of the full law. Mm-hmm. Or if you want freedom, then we acknowledge that Christ mm-hmm. has set us free. Right. Now look with me at, at Galatians 5 and 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything. The only thing that counts is faith working through love. So he's saying here, circumcision or not, that's which people you belong to. Which people you belong to doesn't matter. Well, it, it, it matters in that you matter, but it doesn't matter in rank. If you're circumcised or uncircumcised, it's, it's no matter which group counts for nothing. Now, these cultural, social, or gender things that we saw two weeks ago, mm-hmm. they matter, but they don't matter in status before God. Right. They matter because they uniquely make you, you. And so where you are culturally, socially, gender, and all of these other identities They matter because they make you distinctly you, and God meets you in that place, but they don't matter in status. We are all equal at the foot of the cross. And if the church or the political system or or a group tells us anything other, they're lying, and they're offering something that is akin to slavery, that's akin to oppressing one another. That is not freedom. If we're told that some hold high rank and others don't. But this freedom, this freedom is in Christ. And the only thing that matters there is faith working through love. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is what I want us to chew on this week. What does it actually look like for faith to work through love? Especially if we're doing this together especially if we're using this imagery of the table, that we all belong at the table. What does it mean for our freedom to work on behalf of faith working through love? Well, let's say you're someone who is a bit of a builder. I mean, maybe physically, but more like with people. You build relationships. You build bridges between groups. You're, you're a builder. Then faith working through love looks like, help us build this table. If I build this table alone, it's going to be for, for people who are 5'10", mm-hmm. and it's going to be people who have the ideal weight of someone who's 7'3", mm-hmm. and that's the way the chairs and the table are going to look. But what we need to do is build this table for everybody. 
where a wheelchair can ride right up, mm-hmm. where a child can feel they belong, where the chair is comfortable for somebody who is desperately in need of rest. This table needs to fit everyone. And if you are a builder, then help build this table. If you are an excitable person, then use that for the kingdom. Use that in love to invite everyone to the table. Right. To remind everyone, you have a place. Yes. I know the world loves to tell you they, that you don't. I don't know why they're invested in such a stupid message. <laughs> but you have a place at the table. Yeah. And I know where the table is. Right. It's at Jesus Christ. Right. So use that for God. If you are a listener, one of the greatest gifts that I know for the kingdom of God is to sit and listen to someone else without the desire to speak right after. Mm-hmm. But to actually listen to someone's story and give them the dignity of your presence. Yeah. As we start to regather, as neighbors come in, as, as people sit at the table, we will be desperately in need of people who know how to listen. Yeah. To give dignity to somebody else. If you're a fighter, then fight for that dignity for others. There are some who are fighting themselves, but they need an extra hand. They need an extra voice. They need someone to have their back. Be that person. Let's point out where systems are are putting yokes on people where it doesn't belong. Within the church, within culture, within all of this. Let's fight for people to find freedom. Not just random freedom. Not fake freedom, but really the freedom in Christ. If you're a leader, then our job is to give access to the table to people. Mm -hmm. To validate people's road to the table. To validate the pain. Validate the the victories. Validate the hope, the freedom that they've found. Validate the identity that someone comes in with. If you're a leader, that's our role. Give access. Validate stories. If you're free, then you get to love others in the way that you are loved. Mm -hmm. Not just theoretically, but practically. Mm -hmm. We get to roll up our sleeves and, and really starting next week. And here's what's so exciting. There are some of us who wish we were meeting months ago. And there are others of us who are a couple months away from being ready to meet. And we are at one table. We are one group. We're not the cool kids who stay home and the, and the shallow kids who, who go to the church or anything like that. We're one church and we get to uniquely learn to love one another and, and not other each other. To not have an insider group that's on Zoom or an insider group that's at the chapel of St. Philip. Mm-hmm. Either way, we get to figure out how to do the best Not theoretically, but practically to allow everyone to worship. Mm -hmm. So some of us are going to show up at St. Philip's and they don't have big screens and stuff. So we're going to have little words written out on on, uh, little sheets of paper and and little individual communion cups. We're going to socially distance and wear masks and Pastor Love is going to feel weird because we can't go hug one another. We're going to like lift our feet towards each other or something like that. And we're going to figure that out for those who are present. But we also have people who are helping us think through those of you who are staying home. And, and so we have a, a, a couple. Kat's been working on this. Actually, Barbie's helping us out with this. Mike's, we've been talking about how do we make sure that sound quality 
and video works for everybody who's at home so that they can be a part of this. So nobody's left out because they have a conviction. Because these convictions are good, right? Mm -hmm. If anybody's staying home, the desire is to protect their family. It's to stay safe. That's a wonderful conviction. That's a God-honoring conviction. And freedom allows you to do just that. And there are others of us, some vaccinated, some who are real close to that, who are like, no, I, I, I right now need to be with some people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go physically be with some people. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to wear a mask, but I'm going to do that. And that's a God-honoring conviction as well. And so in following God's lead here, we're going to go into this new season where every other week for a time being, and our leadership team is watching all this, but every other week, we're going to meet in person and on Zoom. And then on the other weeks, we're going to meet just like this. But we're going to trust that God is doing something where we can begin at a deeper level loving one another, knowing that faith working itself out through love is the only thing that counts now that we're free people. Now, one of the biggest ways that faith works itself out through love is reminding one another that we're free is recognizing the places in in this world where freedom is not granted to one another and saying, hey, what Christ has done supersedes anything else that you're facing. I see who you are. And Christ has set you free. And then to celebrate who Christ is with one another. And as we lead towards Easter, we're going to do just that. So let's take a moment here And let's pray together, thanking God for what God's already done. And I want to ask you to do something from where you are. I want to ask you to kind of put your hands in front of you as if God might set something in your hands. I don't think he's actually going to physically put something in your hands. But we're going to ask God to show us what it looks like for us individually and us collectively to have faith work out through love and see what God does with that, okay? So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you give us freedom. I pray that you would convict us of ways that we've acted like we got freedom in some other way. You would remind us the cost and the weight of our freedom, but that that weight is not for us to carry. It's just for us to be grateful to you for. But now as we go forward, will you show us the practical ways in which we individually we collectively have our faith worked out through love. Will you show us our place at the table and who it is that we're to make room for? You make us attentive to your spirit. Thanks for who you are. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.